All right, we want to welcome you all into episode 38 of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Trenko here with Cole Purvis and Jeff Christopher. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Awesome. So we don't have a lot to talk about for Thorne County, but we do want to kind of touch on um, some some of the people we thought had a great uh, fall sports season. So each of us are going to uh, give our, I don't know, MVP of the fall sports season um, here at TA. So, Jeff, I'll have you go first. Yeah, so a lot of uh, – a lot of obvious participants here um some you know pretty much every team made the playoffs which is great obviously the person i'm going to go for is jeremiah gomez on the boys soccer team um you know had some time where he missed a little bit near the end of the year um but i i i choose him because the boys soccer team as we talked about all all fall it's so much turnover every year Mm -hmm. um we have a lot of international students that come in and out kids coming in and out of the program um they always have at least a an average uh amount of success like they're never you know, really out of it, which is just to stay, you know, good for Coach Carlson and the players. For Gomez, like, he just kind of – I thought he shined through this year. The games that we saw, like, he took over the game when, when they needed it. He was kind of that driving force, kind of the backbone of the team, both on and off the field. And, and talking to some international players as well, because uh, I work in the dorms, uh, they, they look up to him, you know. And and for for our, for the experience of the kids, it's, it's not just about – and, again, I'm coming from a dorm student perspective. It's not just about winning. It's about – being part of an American team, understanding how American team works, mm-hmm. making American friends, speaking English, and it's kids like Jeremiah Gomez who brings you know brings everybody in. They're not the kids aren't ostracized just because they don't speak the language that well. So um, you know, I just want to you know give a shout out to him. I thought he was he had a great season. Their, their season didn't end as well as they wanted to, but so shout out to Gomez because he's also also a fantastic soccer player. Of course, I watch football games the most, more than more than any other sport, really, in the fall. And I got to go with Hayden Whitney. There was a lot of uh, transition on this team, going from an older senior bunch to a lot of newer, uh, less experienced players. And the quarterbacks were, I don't want to say unstable, but they changed a lot throughout the season. And Hayden Whitney was obviously the backbone of the backfield. He could um, rip off a big play in the fourth quarter, and that would really... Uh, be the dagger for them in some games and he just provided those big plays all year long uh also i was on the golf team too and andres jimenez was Mm -hmm. um one of the best players for them he played really well in the state tournament and all throughout the season he was our lowest scorer mostly so a couple of guys to shout out there but yeah a lot of people stepped up this fall and it was a pretty successful fall season and whitney i want to say just quickly as i mentioned to coach kiesel completely underrated in in the big scheme of things you know, we've had a lot of good rushers over the years, but he rushed for so many yards and so many touchdowns, and we've been so successful that it kind of gets lost in the wash. But, yeah. yeah, extra shout-out to him. He had a crazy season. I agree. Uh, the MVP I'm going to go for is – I'll do go a different sport. I'll go girls soccer. I'm going to say uh, Sarah Rich. I think she had a great season, scored a lot of goals, and I know that um, before the season I was reading a couple of newspaper articles about, you know, the players to watch, and she was one of them, and I think that she stepped up, and, and uh, she was out a few games as well and, and did a really good job. Um you know, helping her team out, and and again, she's still very young. I think she still, I think she'll be a junior next year, yeah. so she'll still have a couple more years here at TA to to, to prove her talent and uh, lead the team. So, I uh, guess you said, as you both said, a, a great season, a lot of great MVPs. Um, if we could shout out everybody, we would, right? But because uh, you know, every team had a great season. There were a lot of players that that were part of those teams. Um, but as we kind of roll into the into December here, we're getting to the in the winter sports season, boys and girls basketball and hockey. Uh, right now, we none of those sports are, are um, ha, don't, don't have any games practices. I think we have a couple girls hockey players. I'll have to double check that. We? We, we we co-op with Biddeford, and yeah. it's under their banner. But uh, I'll have to double check to see if we have any girls hockey players to follow that too. 
Yeah, so practices are underway <laughs> right now. The first uh, game, uh, the games are the weekend of the December 9th and 10th. We unfortunately won't be able to do those for TATV. Our first TATV game will be a girls basketball game versus Scarborough. A good one to start on on December 13th, which if I had to say off the top of my head was a Tuesday. When, uh, Usually when? it's Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, but we'll, we'll figure Nine, it out. 10, I think 11, 12, yeah, it's yeah, 13, it's, yeah, because yeah. the 9th is, is Friday. Yep. Okay. All right. But uh, since we don't have much to talk about, we'll move into professional sports now and talk about the NFL. So we can kind of include this week into it as the Patriots just got demolished by the Bills last night. And there was a, a yelling match between Matt Patricia and Mac Jones, which I'm assuming we'll talk about. But first look at week 12 of the NFL. Um, a lot of teams playing playing well. So I, I guess we'll start it off here as we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. Um, who are your favorites to make the playoffs? Not the Patriots. Okay, so I'll, I'm just going to talk Patriots for a second here. Last night was pathetic. It was embarrassing. Any word that you want to talk about. The Bills didn't even play that well. They really didn't play that well on either side of the ball. They, the Bills did the Patriots what the Patriots used to do to teams when it's like, you know what, we're not going to show anything. We're not going to be flashy. We're going to maybe have a player or two here or there where we're going to have a great play, but otherwise we're just going to run it down your throat, and that's pretty much what they did. They're without Von Miller. Patriots didn't look like, besides that one play to their cornerback, you know, which was a great play. It was exciting. Other than that, they did nothing on offense. Their defense, yeah, the, the, I think the perfect epitome, and again, I have a lot of debates with my friends about this who think, wow, the Patriots aren't that bad. Right? So Josh Allen makes that ridiculous touchdown pass, you know, where he's on the sideline and throws it. Okay, that is the play, whatever. It's tough to defend. But it was the 13 plays before that where the Patriots' defense could not get off the field on basically handoffs up the middle, which is what the Bills are doing. The Bills' defense is not very good. It's 27th ranked in the NFL. Their offense is good. Their running game is not anything to, to write home about. And yet that game could have been 40 to nothing last night, and it wouldn't have been surprising. It's just – and, yes, it, it's it's a top-down thing. Of course Matt Patricia is horrible. Of course it's a bad decision. Their offense isn't very good. Mac Jones has regressed not only because of the, the bad coaching, but also he, he's showing that he's not an elite quarterback anyway. But the defense is completely overrated, and this is where I get most upset because we feasted on some of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL for many weeks, just like the last year, just like 2019, and people are like, well, the defense is elite. No, they're not elite. They really have one elite player in Matthew Judon. The rest of the team is average. They're very healthy right now on defense, and they couldn't stop anybody last night. Um, now they're not going to make the playoffs. There's no chance. It, they'll probably split out west, and then they still have the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Bills. They'll probably finish 8-9 and nine, or even 9-8. and eight. Not acceptable. So as far as who makes the playoffs going forward, it, it, I'll just look at the AFC, like who's going to sneak in that last spot. I thought the Colts maybe had a chance, but they're done now. Jeff Saturday proving to be you know not an NFL head coach, which is not surprising. I will say I think the Jets get in there. I, I really think if Mike White stays in, I don't think he's going to do what he did last week. Um, but the, I, I just got a feeling the Jets are on the up and up, and they got some good drafts, and I don't think Salah is a buffoon like some of the, some other people do. So yeah. I think the Jets get into that last spot. And in the, in the NFC, again, I don't know who's going to win that conference. It, it could be literally six different teams, the Cowboys, the Vikings, you know, the Buc I still think the Buccaneers could sneak in, you know, because, uh, you know, into the NFC championship game. Um, the only team that looks down is the Rams. The 49ers are good. So um, – I don't know. It, it's exciting. I'll use Cole's line. It's an exciting year. I don't think there's a lot of great football being played, but it makes does make it exciting. Yeah, I think the Patriots' defense has really sold them the last couple games and the time of possession things. And we don't have a corner that can lock down Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs. And uh, that 
Diggs can just go one-on-one and get open in the end zone, and it was frustrating. And that play when Allen almost ran out of bounds, it looked like Kyle Duggar and Jonathan Jones kind of gave up on the play. Mm -hmm. They're kind of watching him because they thought he was going to the sideline, uh, and he makes an incredible play. It's the Bills. They're probably the best team in the NFL, but still, they looked terrible last night. Patriots are 0-3 in primetime games, and... A lot of people would disagree with this, but I think primetime games do mean more. It's a chance for your team under a lot of pressure to go out and play. Usually they have you up against a good team in those primetime slots, and they haven't won one of those games yet. Uh, Last week against Minnesota was the same thing, except uh, you can say the refs kind of screwed them in that game, and it should have been a little bit closer. But then on the offensive side of the ball, Matt Patricia has been awful, as everybody else pretty much agrees with me. It's just on third downs, they won't take a chance in the middle of the field. Like last night, they were backed up way in their own territory, had third and eight, and they... Jacoby Myers ran a six-yard out route, and they threw it to him. Like, even if he catches that, he's quickly getting pushed out of bounds, and it's fourth down. I, I don't know what that what that play call was, but it's been very frustrating. And to talk about the NFL landscape as a whole, I still think the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Think about the Rams last year. They had a midseason slide, and they were able to turn it around at the end, and the Bills weren't playing very well. They lost the Jets, and I, I forget who else kind of in the middle of their season there. But they've had a ton of injuries. Von Miller's out. Some of their corners and their secondary has been out. They still have Josh Allen, who I think Mahomes is better overall. But I think when Josh Allen is at his very peak in the playoffs, he just turns into a monster. And I think he is the best in the NFL when he's at his peak. And so I think they will go to the Super Bowl. And in the NFC, this is a little bit of an underdog, but I'm going with San Francisco because of all the weapons. And Jimmy G can have a game when you need him to sometimes. And I don't know how you stop McCaffrey and Debo. And then you forget about Kittle over the middle. Mm -hmm. And Brandon Ayuk can step up as well. Uh, It's more about that I don't trust the other teams in the NFC. I don't trust the Cowboys at all. Unless Dak has an amazing three or four game stretch, I don't think that they will uh, go to the Super Bowl. They'll have an off day and make some mistakes like they did against San Francisco last year and get eliminated. Uh, And then the Eagles. I like the Eagles. I'm not trying to hate on them. I think they're well coached and they're good on both sides of the ball and they've had a lot of great offseason uh mid-season additions as well as the offseason too but i think they'll probably lose in the nfc championship so right now my super bowl pick is 49ers bills it, it, quickly on the patriots again it's systemic because what what matt patricia would say is well we have to do quick throws because the line isn't very good well the line isn't very good because you coach the line like it, it's all cyclical mm-hmm. it's the line it's not about injuries because as a win stinks anyway they haven't drafted well on the line. They haven't signed anybody on the line. They think they can just roll out, you know, Dante Skarnikia. He He's one of the best ever. He quits, and they don't really replace him. So it's his fault. He's quick game. The whole the whole system stinks. And with the Bills, what's, what's fascinating about the Bills, too, is that they're, they're on paper. Their offense isn't that good. Like, Josh Allen's amazing. Stephon Diggs is amazing. The rest of the wide receivers aren't anything special. Like, you can't compare them what the Chiefs had. Or what, but they're still, like, you just assume they're going to score 30 points a game. And that's how much Josh Allen has come. And the running backs, too, are all right. You know, like, Singletary's all right and Hines is all right. But just watching the game last night, I mean, when they need it, it's Allen and Diggs are just they're fun to watch. And the Patriots, they have Hopkins, they have um, Devontae Adams, they have Diggs again, they have the Dolphins, and they have Jamar Chase coming up. Yeah. They get to figure out how to do something. And Matthew Judon has two games in a row now where he's disappeared. Just like last year around this mm-hmm. time, he disappeared. Let's hope for his sake because, again, he's their only elite player. Um, he needs to show up. Or it's gonna be. It's gonna be bad. But I'm so glad I didn't go to the game last night. <laughs> I felt bad for the people I sold them to because that must have been a funeral for the second half. Is Matthew Judon still leading the lead? 
league in sacks? Uh, I think he is. He was who's 11, the other guy? Who's is it? Eleven point five. Micah Parsons? No, I forget. There's another guy that was right up with him, but he hasn't had one in the last two weeks. So no, Uche, considering the rest of the NFL hasn't played their Week 13 game, he probably still is. Yeah. yeah, Uche's been good the last few weeks, but yeah. I mean, one he had of the an amazing play. One of the that the strip sack was nice. The other sack he had was like for like negative one yard. So. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to some college football because I know uh, we need to talk about Coles, Alabama, uh, Crimson Tide. But we can also talk about that crazy Ohio State-Michigan game and um, how weird the top four looks right now because I don't think I don't think I predicted it to be like this. It's what? It's Georgia 1, Michigan 2. TCU 3, mm-hmm. and USC 4. USC yeah, four. which I never would have thought. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not. did you guys watch the Ohio State-Michigan game? Oh, yeah. I watched a lot of it. I loved it. What did you think about the game? So, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good game. I have no interest in either team. So, I, I, if I had to choose one again, gun to my head, I'll pick Michigan probably over Ohio State. I don't really have Ohio State. Um, I thought it was cool. I mean, it was a cool. I love when a team on a game like that when a team goes in on the road and shuts up the crowd, especially. And it, it wasn't come down to like one play. You can't blame it on the refs. It was just a Michigan beatdown in the second half. So, and then looking at the top four, I mean, it's interesting. So you have George, you know, Georgia, and Michigan are in no matter what happens in their conference championship games, even if they lose. So you have mm-hmm. TCU is kind of like the Cincinnati. They're going to get blown out by whoever they play. I think in the first round, uh, and then you have USC, which is interesting. I, I have a soft spot for UFC. I almost went there for college. Lincoln Riley's gone there and turned a team that was – I mean, they don't have much talent. Yeah. And for him to do what he's done is pretty incredible. Now, part of me, because I w- kind of want the chaos, if TCU and USC lose, there's going to be chaos to figure out who gets those third and fourth spots. Probably Ohio State. Could Bama sneak in? Probably not. But there, there's going to be a lot of chaos down there. Like, do you keep TCU in if they lose? It's it's kind of interesting. They just announced that in two years they're going to a 12-team playoff anyway, so a lot of this is going to be a moot point in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know – I. I, I, you know, even though I haven't told Cole yet, I kind of like Alabama. Like, I like Florida State. They're my team, but they're kind of out of it. But Bama, I like when Bama's good because they're a good story program. It's like with Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame being good. And it, it's good for them to be relevant versus TCU or some of these other SEC schools. So I don't think they're going to get in. But um, the top four, I mean, the, the playoff, I don't think the first round is going to be interesting because I think Georgia's going to be way better than USC if they play. And Michigan will, will dominate TCU. But a Michigan-Georgia final would be pretty cool to watch. Yeah. And I was I enjoyed that game so much because I definitely take the Michigan side of the rivalry more because I just hate Ohio State. But Michigan missing their best player, Blake Corum, he played like the first snap of the game and then uh, he went to the sideline and didn't come back. And uh, they were still able to strike on big plays. Donovan Edwards, their backup, had a lot of big plays. And J.J. McCarthy, who's been they've talked about his potential all season long and when is he going to show his true potential and this was his breakout game against Ohio State I do think that this was the best game Michigan played all year and it was one of the worst that Ohio State played all year because I've seen Ohio State way better than this obviously but uh, that's their fault for not showing up in the biggest game the game that defines their program I mean Ryan Day's lost like five games and but he two of them have been to Michigan and now people are calling for his job that's how important <laughs> this game is uh, to their program and for the playoff I hope it stays the same because you get four teams from four different conferences you get an underdog in TCU and USC's finally kind of back you could say which uh, is fun to see because I like USC too and um We knew who the top four were going into Tuesday when they announced them. We could have predicted that pretty easily. But the one thing that was interesting was who they would rank five and who they would rank six. And let's say one of TCU or USC, just one of those teams loses, they're going to put Ohio State in because they ranked Ohio State ahead of Bama, and neither team plays this week, so nothing can really change. 
Bama can't make the playoff every year. I understand that, and we didn't have our best year this year. We lost two games. I wouldn't even be that mad if we're not in. Uh, we didn't really deserve it. But at the end of the day, it's you have to earn it, and TCU could be an undefeated conference champion this weekend. And USC, even though they lost to Utah, they'll get another crack at them to win the Pac-12 this weekend, and that would mean they beat every team on their schedule at least once. So uh, I, I hope it stays the way it is, and I am so excited for this college football playoff. And Caleb Williams should win the Heisman. I know that's what everybody's saying, but Stroud has kind of disappeared. He didn't have his best game against Michigan. Mm -hmm. And the thing, the thing about Stroud is he can put up monster numbers when he's at home against a bad team. But anytime the conditions are off, like they played Northwestern, who was like one and seven, and it was raining, and C.J. Stroud struggled. You should not struggle awesome. at all against a one and seven team. I've just seen too many question marks from him this season. Mm -hmm. Give the Heisman to Caleb Williams. He's taken, as you said, not as talented of a team like USC, and now they're one loss, and they're about to win the Pac-12 championship. So um, Caleb Williams for Heisman, and it's going to be awesome to see how this plays out. How many more weeks are there left? I know that the is it conference championships, conference championships, so then, playoff, and then we go playoffs, which is what they'll end up being in January. Yep. All right. Well, that that'll be exciting. I think. I think what you guys were saying is right. I think um, one of TCU or USC is gonna have is gonna fall out, and it's gonna be someone like. Ohio I don't State. think so. I think TCU could lose and stay in. I think UFC loses yeah. their way out. If TCU yeah. loses by a little bit, I think they're still in. I still think they take a one loss TCU over a one loss Ohio State who didn't make the playoff and right. got stomped at home. Mm -hmm. right. And Kansas State, they're they're ranked tenth. They're okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we get close to the end of this episode, we will talk about the World Cup, which is. Uh, been trending all over the world, not just because it's the World Cup, but because a lot of a couple teams that should have made it didn't make it. Uh, right off the top of my head, I'll say Belgium and Germany. Um, Mexico. Yeah, Mexico as well. Well, yeah, but um, as some people may know, we have a pretty uh, diverse uh, group of international students uh, at Thorne Academy. We have, I think, close to 200. Is yep. that right? Yep. Um, so lots of students from all over the world and specifically countries like Argentina, Mexico, Germany, France, Spain, stuff like that. So this has been a crazy week at uh, Thornton Academy as a lot of students have uh, been kind of riled up. Um, but some some crazy games in the first two weeks. So, But before we talk about the USA, I just want you to just, just give me your, your overall thoughts of this World Cup. You know, Is it different? Is it, do you like it more? What? So I've been fortunate to have a lot of watch parties in the dorms. I've been putting on the games, mm -hmm. and it stinks, kind of stinks her during the day. Um, but we had some weekend ones. And yesterday, I'll bring up yesterday, it was the most fun I've ever had watching a game mm -hmm. that the U.S. wasn't involved in. We had about 50 students in the lounge. You had two, because of the last group stage games, there's two games going on at once because they play at the same time. Spain's on one versus Japan. Costa Rica's playing Germany. We have a lot of German students. We have a lot of Spanish students. And they, they like to chat at each other just like anybody would. And so there was about a 10-minute um, progress in the second half where there was like four different goals were scored. It would change everything. Like Spain was very cocky because they were like really – qualified for the round yeah, of 16 unless, out, unless something out crazy well. happened and yeah. then all of a sudden Costa Rica scores a couple goals and the German kids who were out already were like starting to cheer for Costa Rica because they didn't want the Spanish kids to be happy so <laughs> I mean it was just insane and it ended up being Spain going through Germany not um, Mexico losing the other day was uh, they won the game but they got knocked out we have about 40 Mexican students at Washington Lounge it was like a funeral in there um, this is all they this is all they care about with this I mean this is their only sport this is like if you had the Super Bowl once every four years yep you yeah. know and this is all they care about um as far as the World Cup overall, I think it's been been pretty exciting. Um, the U.S. obviously, you know, going through. I think they're playing with house money at this point. Um, I like the upsets in general. I mean, it's nice to see that some like Argentina are through in Portugal. 
Um, Germany's now twice in a row they've got out in the group stage. So, um, so yeah, it, it's 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 interesting. The whole Qatar thing, you know, I'm not a fan of. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it's interesting, too, because we're going to come up on some days that aren't any World Cup, so hopefully the momentum keeps going. There's yep. like three or four days coming up next week where there's no games because they need a rest between the round of 16 and quarterfinals. But mm. I just hope it's a good final. You know, if the U.S. goes far, great. I mean, Brazil being in it, we have a lot of Brazilian kids, too, and they love soccer more than I've seen anybody love anything. Yeah. Um, they play today, too, so it should be fun. So I've enjoyed it. It's something to have on during the day. That's the only positive thing about the games being on at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., something to have on during the school day. So... Um, and the, I'll just do quick about the USA because we're running out of time, but just couldn't be happier with the way they, they, they progressed through. I'm not a fan of some of the tactics. You know, not having Gio Reyna in makes zero sense to me yep. at all. Um, I think he plays Saturday, though. I got a feeling he's going to play Saturday. I think Pulisic will play, too. Um, if they win somehow, they'll set up a, a match against Argentina in the quarterfinals, which would be the biggest game in the history of U.S. soccer. So somehow, they're again, four years, eight years ago, it was an exact same situation. They were playing Belgium in the round of 16. If they win that, they would have gone to face uh, Argentina in the next round. They didn't get the job done then. Same exact thing. A good European side. They can beat them, though. I agree. Gio Reyna, it will step in for Sargent. That's my yeah. my guess. Do you think USA can beat the Netherlands? They can. I don't. I don't think this is not the Netherlands from twelve years ago that was a finalist. I think the problem is that they have a really good defense. Virgil Van Dijk's back there, yep. and um, and and uh, so they're gonna have to struggle. I think they win this game one nil, even if it's by a penalty. I just think their defense the defense hasn't given up a single goal in open play. Mm-hmm. It's just the only goal they give up is a penalty. They're gonna be playing confident. I, I don't know. I, I I've been I was very bearish on this team going into the World Cup, but they just got a spark because they're so young they just don't know. They just don't know what they don't know. And uh it's been fun to watch. I just want some goals though. Yeah. Me too. Saturday, 10 a.m. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for episode 38 of Trojan Talk. I know next week uh, the three of us will be back, and we'll have a lot of TA Sports preseason kind of predictions to talk about as we get closer and closer to the winter sports season. But we want to thank you all for watching episode 38, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you.